Hey, welcome to this State of the Church series. This is actually the fourth in the series of what will be nine or 10, 10 to 12 minute videos, although this one is a little bit longer. And while I won't force you to do so, to be honest, this is a great series to watch in order. So if this is the first one that you're tuning into, um, let me encourage you to go back and listen to number one. This series of videos is meant to just help us ponder at Calvary where we are at as a church, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. In other words, our current reality, our vision, and our strategy. The first video was a look at my own personal journey because what I found is that what God wants to do in a people, he often starts by doing in leaders, not just me, but but leaders in general. In the second video, I started sharing some thoughts on our current reality. It was more of a 30,000-foot view, a macro look at what's happening church-wise, not, not just at Calvary, but throughout our country, throughout the U.S., The third video was another look at our current reality, and I got a bit more specific about Calvary, our history, our story, and I asked the question, do we still have a pioneering spirit? This is the fourth video and the last one on our current reality. In this video, I just I want to share some of the places, and there's way more than I could share, but some of the places where we're getting good traction for the future. As I'm recording this video, we just recently had our midterm elections in the U.S., and there's been a lot of hand-wringing from pundits on both sides about what will happen if so-and-so gets in power or doesn't get in power. But, you know, when I think uh, about Washington, D.C., I'm, I'm struck by the power that politicians and the political process do not have. Right? I mean, politicians can arrange stuff on the surf- surface of life. They, they can spend money and enact legislation, but they can't bring fundamental transformation to the life of a single individual. They can't rewrite the eternal address of a single person. They, they can't order genuine reconciliation between two divided human beings. They can't instill character into anybody. They can't turn a selfish heart into a servant's heart. But we can. The church built by Jesus as envisioned by Jesus can. And and if we're going to talk about the traction that we have here at Calvary moving forward, I just have to simply start by saying the name Jesus. We, We have Jesus. We still have Jesus. We have Jesus. And I'm in awe of what I see can happen through a church that is built by Jesus, passionately surrendered to Jesus. I'm still convinced now more than ever that right here in central PA, and globally, but but right here in Central PA, that Jesus is in the process of building anew his church. And, and he's promised that the church he builds will transform the world. Can't be stopped. We have Jesus. So I, I pray, Jesus, build your church. Jesus, bring revival. Jesus, transform Central PA. I, I've been praying some version of that prayer, prayer for revival, for a move of God for almost 30 years. In fact, over 20 years ago, I, I wrote these words. I believe that God loves State College and Belfont and Spring Mills and Pleasant Gap and Port Matilda and Penn State University. And we have no idea, I wrote, we have no idea what he wants to do and is willing to do in every community in our county. Sorry, Tyrone, Penns Valley, and Lewistown. My vision back then wasn't big enough to include you, but, but it is now. 20 years ago, I came back from experiencing revival in Argentina, and I shared this with you. I said, can't you just imagine the Apostle John in his old age at the church of Ephesus? Ephesus was, was one of the first places where Jesus moved in great power and a whole community was transformed. And I said, just imagine, he, he's called... The Apostle John, he's called Papa John now. 
And the children come and sit on his lap, and they always want the same story. Papa John, tell us the story about what happened back in the 30s, you know, Pentecost and, and all that. Isn't that when God turned Jerusalem upside down? Where, weren't were you there then? Isn't that when the church harvest began? First time I shared that vision with you, I told you, you don't, you don't want to miss it. Don't miss this move of God. I said, it's my personal goal that if God would allow me to see my old age, that one day my grandkids will sit on my lap and say, Papa Dan, tell us a story. Tell us about what happened back in the 90s. <laughs> Wasn't that when God moved across our country? Wasn't that when drugs were cleaned off the streets and life from the womb to the tomb was honored? When racial injustice was overcome and families were restored and schools became safe? That, well, wasn't that when the number of Christ followers in central PA doubled? And across the country, a hundred million people became followers of Jesus. And I said to you, I just, I want to be able to say to my grandkids, I was there in the small ways that God gave me. I was right in the midst of it. (laughs) Some of you may chuckle at this, but when my granddaughter, Rory, was born, I was being asked by my family what I wanted to be called by my grandkids. This vision was the tipping point for Papa. I want to be called Papa Dan. The 90s are gone. But that vision still remains. And and I've shared it with you more than once in the last few years. And with all my heart, I believe that we have traction, still have traction to see this happen. I believe that this is what Jesus is doing, still doing in our day. This is where he's taking us. So let me just tell you some of the places, a few. I, I can't tell you all because there's too many but some of the places where I see seeds of revival being planted in and around Calvary, some of the places where I'm encouraged because we have traction. And I would say, number one, I believe there's a fresh and growing hunger to be on mission for Jesus. As Sean Moon, our gathering pastor in Lewistown, said about the gathering there, but you know what? I'm, I'm seeing this all over Calvary's movement. He said, the people that are coming now are coming because they understand the mission and they desire to grow. We're seeing a deeper yearning for community and a deeper level of spirituality, individually and corporately. Our continued prayer said is, is that this will transfer into a true understanding of what it means to be a disciple maker. Not just a disciple, but someone who makes disciples. And, and I see this in so many different ways across our movement, but, but let me just mention a few. For example, from the last survey that we did, Calvary Wide, did, did you know that in this last year, over one-third of the people at Calvary have taken the opportunity to share Jesus, to talk about Jesus, to have a gospel conversation with their neighbors? I mean, that's, that's amazing, I mean, front yard mission, our front yard mission is gaining traction in so many different ways. Last month, a number of you uh, participated in this, and, and over 1,500 people rubbed shoulders with someone from Calvary while eating donuts in a driveway. I ran into a couple who was so excited, not from Calvary, not going to any church yet, but so excited about what's happening in their neighborhood um, just outside of Center Hall. They had no idea about FYM this or that or Seawell Sunday or any other thing, but they said, you know what? We, we got these neighbors who did this thing where we went and had donuts in their driveway. And, and I just laughed. I said, yeah, that, that's us. We're just trying to love our neighbors. And in so many cases, those donuts, those conversations are leading to conversations about Jesus. So cool. I realize that some of you haven't bought into FYM yet, but for the life of me, I don't know why. It, it's hard to say we love Jesus if we don't love our neighbors. On our last Seawell Sunday at Harvest Fields, we, we had Fall Fest. I know some of you are wondering, is Fall Fest being on mission for Jesus? 
Well, how do you think Jesus got the reputation for being a drunkard and a partier? It was because he hung out in public spaces, fun places with people who needed a friend. I can't tell you how many times someone from Calvary came up to me at Fall Fest and said, let me introduce you to my neighbor. And it's not just happening in neighborhoods. We have an XYM student, for example, who's doing the Alpha course. The Alpha course is an evangelistic video course about Jesus and the gospel. And he's doing this for his area at school. It packed out. He's sharing Jesus with dozens of his friends. And speaking of XYM, that's the only demographic that in terms of numbers is back stronger than it was pre-COVID. And here at Harvest Field, students are being discipled. The, the student leadership team is leading a monthly prayer time. And, and 15 to 20 students are being intentionally discipled to become disciple makers. This is being on mission with Jesus. I love what Pastor Stacy shared with me. Having been at Calvary Penns Valley for just a couple of months, he said, there's a tremendous sense of belonging and deep friendship ship among those who attend. We genuinely love being together and way more people, I love this, he said, way more people are leaning into the Front Yard Mission principles than I expected. It's more of a lifestyle than a program and it's wider spread than I knew. And Calvary Tyrone, when I hear about what's happening there, it's hitting it out of the park when it comes to Front Yard Mission and Seawall Sunday. In the last survey that we did, over 75% of the people at Calvary now know at least eight of their neighbors' names. That wasn't true five years ago. Over 60% have invited their neighbors into their personal space, and over a third have had a gospel conversation with one or more of their neighbors. And, and prayer is happening. I mean, that's part of the mission too, right? The most regular thing that Lynn and I do on our Seawall Sunday is pray for Harris Township. We have people in almost every neighborhood in Harris Township who are praying for their neighbors. Lynn and I do a prayer drive on Seawall Sundays to cover the neighbors not being prayed for. I love it when I run into someone that I don't know, I ask them where they live, say, oh, I live over on the hill. I say, hey, Lynn and I have been over there praying for your neighborhood. Pastor Jorn said, over the last month, there's been an influx of new students, Penn State students connecting with Calvary. And in recent conversations, he said, I've, I've had students express how much they believe in our Church Without Walls front yard mission initiatives, and they want to help fulfill the vision on campus. A few months ago, a lady came to meet with me, and she said, hey, I just wanted to encourage you and just say, don't stop. When it comes to Wow Sunday and Front Yard Mission, don't stop. My family may never step foot in a church building on a Sunday morning, but, but FYM and Wow, I think there's a, hope, there's a hope that they could be impacted by the gospel. Front Yard Mission is growing. Jonathan Weibel is spreading the strategy to other churches in central PA, even as far as Harrisburg. Secondly, worship is happening. Even though we're canceling a service once a month, every fourth Sunday, Seawell Sunday, worship is happening. Joint worship services in Penns Valley. Hope Collective Joint Worship Services in, in Lewistown. One of our pastors was preaching at Tyrone. He said, you know, out of all of Calvary's gatherings, the community in worship that has impacted me the most is probably Tyrone. At Harvest Fields, we've been having a monthly encounter night of worship. Honestly, it's been the highlight of my month. Every month, we worship together and pray together. And people have had the opportunity to be prayed for. One woman recently wrote me in an email. She said, the second encounter service is something 
I looked forward to after hearing about the first gathering. It, it reminded me of the prayer services I attended when I was younger, and it made me long for an intimate connection, a time to worship and reflect and pray and reconnect and rejuvenate and get a sense of revival. I needed it, she wrote. I yearned for it. And during the service, God spoke to me, she said. I've been telling people about the service and how much I enjoyed it, and, and I'm affectionately referring to it as my encounter with Jesus. Number three, you've been giving like a church without walls. One way I've seen you surrender, one way I've seen God's goodness all over you is through your generosity. Even though our giving, general fund giving, is down overall, it's primarily because people have left. Those of you who are still here are being so generous. In fact, our weekly per capita giving has increased over 30%. We've gone from $50 per person per week to $66 per person per week. The last two year-end 1% offerings were our two largest 1% offerings ever. While 100% of the 1% offering serves people outside the walls of Calvary, you know what? Those offerings have been life-saving for me and my family. You fed and clothed and given hope to hundreds of kids and students there in literally the most difficult days of their lives. Not only COVID, but military coups and juntas. So hard. And in fact, in, in Myanmar, this is so amazing. They have baptized more people in the last year, year and a half than, than any year that we've ever been connected with them. Over 150 um, new believers in Christ have been baptized. Add in extra generosity opportunities like the Community Relief Fund and, and the Ukraine Relief Fund, and you're giving to serve Afghan refugees. And in, in the last three years, our most unique, most difficult years of the last three decades by year end, you will have given over $1.7 million outside the walls of Calvary to serve people locally and globally. When others have said, you know, we just need to take care of us, you've said, no, we're, we're going to be a church without walls. And there's so much more. <laughs> we're working on some new initiatives in the areas of mental health. We have a great group of people working on some resources in that area some new initiatives in front yard mission and, and leadership development and some online discipleship resources and, and, and ways to, to think about reaching the next generation. Next generation is at the heart of our future. We have a, a million dollar match sitting out there just waiting for us to figure out what are we going to do with that and can we match it that is going to give us so much traction for the future. We've had great uh, women's abide ministries, men's ministry. There's so much good that, that is giving us traction into the next, the next chapter. And I don't know that the good hard season is over, but we have a growing hope that God is turning the page to a new chapter. So with each of these videos, I've given you something to do, and this one is simple. Just take a few moments now. And think of a place where you see God at work in Calvary. And if you can't think of one, just choose one of the places that, that I just talked about, worship and, and giving and people on mission. But think of one of the places where you see God at work in Calvary and through Calvary. And during the coming days, pray for that area to be even more fruitful. And most importantly, tell God thank you. Tell Jesus thank you for all that he is currently doing in and through his church, specifically Calvary. This video was a bit longer, but there's so much good that I didn't cover and too much good to do it justice in just 10 to 12 minutes. The next one will be uh, shorter as we start to ponder where we are heading our vision. Let me pray for you. Father, 
I just say thank you for the people connected at Calvary and, and all that you've been doing in, in us and through us. God, thank you for, for generous people and thank you for people who understand what it looks like to be on mission in their neighborhoods or workplaces or school, that it's not just about what we receive, it's about what we give, what you do through us. God, I pray that you would encourage, that you would strengthen, that you would fill us with hope and joy and peace, that you would help us to overcome the the difficult days and love our neighbors in ways that we've never, never done before. God, thank you for what you're doing here and thank you for what you're going to do in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.